bless y'all. We're all so glad you're here. I'm Pastor Paul. It's my beautiful wife, Elizabeth, and we're so excited. Amen. You guys are out of control. <laughs> um, I do want to say thank you all for being very patient with us. We, uh, you know, we're trying to um, move in as well as you guys are trying to find your way, and, and please be patient as we, uh, as we get our act together. Um, but I want to encourage you when service ends, go walk around, go check out the areas that we have. We'd be glad to show you around, or you can just go wander around. Today's a great day to just wander around. Um, but get familiar with what, with what we have and, and where everything is, because all of children's ministry has now moved back to that area all under one roof. With that said, I want to encourage families with children that are in children's ministry to consider parking over here by the playground because you can enter right through that door and go get your kids checked in. And, and when you leave, you'll be able to go right out that same way. So a lot of shifting, a lot of changing, but the Lord has really just blessed us with space. We have new bathrooms now, which are back in that back area also. So when these bathrooms are full, please don't wait in line. Go to the new facility and get a cup of coffee on your way to the bathroom. Amen? Amen. House of Cards. Um, you guys continue, we continue to walk in here with issues, with things that we're facing, with challenges. And I kind of like to, to paint that picture of we're holding a, a hand that we're having to play. And some of the cards that we're holding are due to mistakes that we've made or due to choices that we've made, but some of them are due to um, just issues that we had no control over. Might have been born into a might have been born into a Christian home, might have been born into a non-Christian home, might have been born into a family that really battles depression or has battled a spirit of poverty, um, maybe battled a spirit of addiction. Um, the family just can't ever seem to, to get through it, get over an addiction. Maybe, uh, um, but these things you just couldn't control, where you were born. But there are so many cards that we hold in our hand of life that we do control. Maybe we're living a life of sin and we're, we're paying the consequences for those sins. Uh, maybe you've, bought, you've gotten credit cards and maxed those out. Maybe I want you to know you chose your job. You chose your spouse. Um, you have made so many choices, good or bad, um, that also have you in the condition that you're in. Some under our control, some not under our control. But something that I have learned over the years, and I believe you know this too, that on our own, no matter how good or bad the cards that we have are in our hand, it's a losing hand without the Lord. We can try and try and try. And I don't know if you've ever played the game of Rook, um, but I have had hands where I thought it could never be beat and have lost. And have had hands that I thought could never win and have won. No matter how great the hand is, our decision-making process can mess up any situation. No matter how smart, no matter how dumb, no matter the situation, if left to ourself, we're in trouble. But I want you to know that there is good news. And that news is, is that if we will follow the right leader that no matter how bad or good the hand is that you have, it will be a winning hand. Now, this is not some pie in the sky, hey, grab hold of this thing and things are going to go well for you. No, we have to walk out life, and with life comes challenges. 
But I want you to know that there is a helper, there is someone that has been sent to this earth to help us in all the challenges that we face and be able to face those challenges with victory. Victory doesn't always look like you think it's going to look, but it will, look, it will be victory in the end. Much greater victory than you can even imagine. But we have to walk it out. So I want to ask you, do you want to stay where you are, or do you want to be holding a winning hand? Because you're going to choose your way either out or in to your situation. Either you're going to stay where you are or you're going to get out of it. It says in Scripture, choose this day whom you will serve. You have a choice. The Lord has given you a choice. It says blessings or curses have been laid before you. Choose. Which one do you want? Now, of course, we want to choose the blessing. But in doing so, it requires a certain response. I want you to look in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. And I know we've looked at this over and over. But I want you to know that if we do not get this part right, none of the other stuff matters. You cannot operate in forgiveness if you are not following Christ. You can try, but it will run out. Do you guys hear me? I cannot really forgive you if I don't have Christ in me. I just can't. I can say it, I can try, but without the power of the Holy Spirit, I can't do it. There are so many things in my walk in life that if it's left up to me, I will lean toward the flesh and mess it up. But with the Lord, I can choose the right path. I can. The Lord's given me power over sin. He's given me power over Satan to be able to choose. But I have to choose. Are you guys with me this morning? Okay. Feels a little weird. It feels a little bit weird in here. I just, I just want to stop and pray for just a minute. Is that okay? Father, in Jesus' name, whatever, whatever I'm sensing, I just ask you right now just to break any, any move that may be trying to stop a word from coming into somebody's heart today. Lord, what you're trying to do in this earth through your church, through our community, through our nation, Lord, I just ask right now that every stronghold be broken, that people will hear. The lost will hear. The sinner will hear. Lord, the broken will hear. And that, Lord, that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish what it was set forth to do. In Jesus' name, we just ask right now that your Holy Spirit would come and make a way for us to be able to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to just tell you specifically, if you are battling something to where you're just not happy, I want you to speak to that and tell it to go. There's something funny going on here today. And if y'all been here under my preaching for 10 years, I have never done this. But something's up, and it was going on in worship. And I just want you to take authority and command it to go. I don't know who it is, and it doesn't matter. I battle stuff. In worship, in the word, you're not the bad guy if it's you. Oh, God, it's me. Satan's trying to. No, yes, get rid of it. In Jesus' name, your word says that Satan, your place is under my feet. The God of peace has placed Satan under my feet. Amen. God's got a great message for you today, and it's not my message. It's his message. But we've got to get the, the trash picked up. Say that again. Take the trash out. You know, if you want to get rid of rats, don't 
spray for rats, get rid of the trash. The, tra the rats will keep coming back. But if you'll get rid of the trash, the rats will go with it. Take care of business, church, right now, in Jesus' name. We're here to hear you in Jesus' name. All right. Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Now, this must come first before we even try to give, before we try to pray, before we try to forgive, before we try to do anything if we are not following Christ, we are going to struggle with all the things that the Lord has told us to do. Even though his word is right and it is true and it will prove itself to be true, if we do not have the source, we are going to struggle with the, out, the uh, outworking. We're going to struggle with our trying to walk things out. So we must come back to who are we following. We've learned over the last few weeks that Jesus came to earth as a baby, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he walked this earth and did ministry and discipled the disciples, showed us how to do ministry in the earth according to his word and how to follow him. Then he said, guys, I'm leaving. It's time now for me to go. Now, I believe that it is because all of the earthly ministry that Jesus needed to do was done. As a man, as a human, he completed his task. He was never expected to stay in the earth forever. He came, he died on the cross for your sins, paid the price that you could not pay, made a way back for you to the Father, the veil being torn, and us being given access back into the, the absolute presence of God. Then he walked the earth with the disciples um, showed them how to pray, showed them how to minister, showed them how to teach. And then he said, I'm leaving. It says in John chapter 16, But now I'm going away to the one that sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, that's the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father. And you will see me no more. Verse 11. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Me is Jesus. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. There is so much in this, this, two, this long passage in John chapter 16, uh, starting in verse 5 uh, through 15. The first part, he's talking about the advocate, but I believe it is, um, well, let's just go to that. First, we looked at three last week. Let's go to the next one today. This number one is uh, 
the advocate. Is that right? Yeah. Because in this first part of John chapter 16, verse 5 through 10, he's talking about the advocate. Now, we spent a little bit of time on this last week. In the Greek, this word is paraclete. But what it means is comforter, encourager, counselor. Now, can you stop for just a minute and just think? Because we know the Holy Spirit to be called the comforter, the counselor, the encourager. But do you really apply what those words mean to the person of the Holy Spirit? Because I want you to think a little bit differently today about the word comforter. Because the word that I got from the Holy Spirit about the word comforter is your comforter on your bed. Think about when you get in your own bed, under your own comforter, and the feel that you get from that. Have you ever slept in a bed that's not your own? And you can't wait to get back into your bed? And the sense of peace and security and home and comfort in your bed. I believe that that is the same relationship that the Lord is trying to enlighten to you that he desires to have with you. Now maybe you'd say, Pastor, I don't have that relationship with the Lord where I'll snuggle up in the bed and feel at peace at home. Whatever worries I've got go away when I get into my bed and wrap up. And I would say to you, great, the Lord is calling you. He's desiring to draw you near, to wrap up in his presence. And I want you to know it's real, that the Lord is our comforter. Not only does he bring comfort to pain and to situations, but it's that thing that just wants to wrap around you and just give you that warmth and peace of knowing Everything's okay. I've got you. He is the encourager. The advocate also means encourager. Do any of you have people that are encourage, encouragers in your life? One that just really jumps off the page to me is a guy that has moved to Texas. His name is David Trumbly. Just an incredible, I mean, I about tear up just thinking about it. Encourager. And just knew right when to encourage. And knew just how to encourage. And it wouldn't just last for a moment. The call would come again the next day. And then the next night. And that is what, that to be honest with you, if I could put into, I've got a thousand words that the Lord is doing in my heart right now. And one of them is an incredible encourager. That even though we've bit off a huge chunk believing in faith for this new building, even though over the last year I've been toiling over, over the finances and how we're going to do it, over the last month I've not had that pressure. It's still there. We still have a responsibility which I feel full, fully responsible for. But the comforter and the encourager has been coming to say, I'm with you. You're not going through this alone. The he is really an encourager. 
but I have had to get him off the shelf of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit shelf of only when I need a shotgun to go shoot somebody. Uh-oh, I've really got a problem. Where's the shotgun? And then go clean up the mess. That's not the role of the Holy Spirit. The role of the Holy Spirit is to take that relationship place that Jesus built with the disciples. To sit down and eat and to break bread together and to cry together and to pray together and to live life together. He left so that we would have that person. That's what I have with the Holy Spirit. If I were, if Jesus were to be in the earth, the only ones that could have that relationship with him would have been his BFFs. Think about how many you have. He had a circle of 12, but he only got really close to a couple. It's no different. Jesus was a man just like us. And he only got close to a couple. And even they could not get to know him like we can because we have his spirit. Let's go into that a little bit more. The second second one for today is righteousness. He said that righteousness is available because I go. So does that mean that righteousness would not have been available if he hadn't gone? I want, I want to, I want to, I want to kind of give you all a thing to think about. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might have become the righteousness of God. Now something jumped off the page on this, on this scripture to me. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit being in us, right? The Spirit of God being in us. This is talking about us being in him. Huge wording in that it's not a one-way relationship. We just get him. No, he also gets us. So can you grasp the thought of how he said that we are seated in heavenly places? We are seated in heavenly places because I am in him. It is a spirit thing. I don't expect you to completely get it because I don't get it. But it tells me that I am in him and word tells me that I am seated in heavenly places. I have had such a hard time dealing with I am the righteousness of Christ because I don't feel like it. So let me explain this to you. It is because I have received the spirit of God that God the Father sees Jesus' righteousness in me. It's not my righteousness. I have his righteousness I have so struggled with thinking that I have the mind of Christ. I don't. I don't. My thoughts are not his thoughts. But I have the mind of Christ accessible to me. When I have the Spirit of God, I have the mind of God. It's not my mind, but I have his mind in me. I got one that's getting it. I still have my brain. I haven't had a lobotomy and been placed with Jesus' head on my head. But I'm like the two-headed monster. I do have the mind of Christ. So I have the ability to be able to tap into what he is thinking. 
if I will listen to the Spirit of God, which I have, I have the mind of Christ and I have the righteousness of Christ because I have Him in me. It's not my righteousness. I'm still filthy rags. I'm still a sinner, but I have His righteousness. That's why when God looks at me, He sees Christ. He no longer sees me. Because Christ stands in my place. In my place. In. Anybody get that? He's in me. He's not standing here ready to take the bullet. He already took the bullet. He's standing here. That's what we get. We would have never gotten that with Jesus staying here in the earth. We couldn't have gotten that. Righteousness wouldn't have even been made available to us had he stayed. He had to go so that he could send his spirit into everyone that would receive him. And in doing so, I'm glad you're not sitting real close to me because I just spit really big. I could see it and I'm like, oh God, don't hit Abby. But because he left, we can all receive his spirit. If he hadn't have left, his spirit would have stayed with him. So he needed to leave. It was the plan. The Holy Spirit is not this entity for us to call on when things are bad. It is the thing that we are to be building our relationship with. It is the thing that, it's, and the Holy Spirit's not a thing. It is the person that comes into our hearts when we ask Christ to be our Lord and Savior. We get it in our hearts. I can receive the Spirit of God in my heart. I cannot receive the man, human, into my heart. I can receive His Spirit. Ooh, I was still in first service. I'm, that's wearing me out. And I don't want to be taken as though I'm mad. I'm not mad but I'm intense. This is so vital. This is going to change our life. So, let's go on to the next thing, quickly. We cannot bear it. He said, I must go because you can't bear it all. He says, I want to tell you so much more, but you can't bear it now. Why? Scripture tells us that our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. But he needed to leave so that we could receive his spirit so that our thoughts, we could hear his thoughts. We get what he is saying. We get what he is thinking because we have his mind. You can't bear it now because you need a spiritual, you need a spiritual brain. And I'm going to give you one. I'm not just going to give you one. I'm going to give you mine. You can't bear it now, so you need. I need to go. And he said that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. All truth. I don't hear any withholding in that word. We couldn't handle it. We couldn't bear it on our own in our finite mind. We need a helper. We need a teacher. Can can, can this concept of a renewed mind make more sense now? We still have our old mind. We still have it. But our mind is renewed because we receive the spirit, the, the, the mind of Christ. 
our mind is renewed because we have the mind of Christ. John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. Anybody here have a problem with their memory? You don't remember? I have such a problem with memory. Many of you that have, I've met 50 times and I've reintroduced myself every time, you know. I know your face, I just can't remember a name. And I remember, I forget very important things. I'll give you an example. I walked up to a guy that had, his dad had just been sick for so long, and I said, how's your dad? And he said, Paul, you were at the funeral. I remember. I'm sorry. I should remember that but my heart had been so turned toward praying for him and for his father that I had just, the funeral had just slipped my mind. And the guy was so gracious. He said, I know, you, you, you got a lot going on. I said, no, it, it's, that's important. It's important to you. It's important to me. But I just can't always remember. We forget stupid stuff. We forget important stuff. But I want you to know that it's the Holy Spirit's job to remind you what he's saying. Why? Because the Lord would say, you'll forget. I know you. <laughs> hey, Paul, I know you. You're going to forget, so I'm going to send you somebody to remind you. Yay. Thank you. Because you'd think, man, I'd never forget a word the Lord gave me. Oh, it happens. It happens. And you would think we would just write it everywhere, never forget it. No, I forget it. But the Lord said, that's okay. I'm going to send you a helper that will bring back to your memory what I said. Thank you, Lord. You love me. You don't want me to lose what you've given me. You want me to remember. So I want to, add, I want to touch on two more, then we're going to be done. I want to ask you, really, do we have it better? I've been building a case showing you why I believe that we have it better than even the disciples did because Jesus is gone. But I want to give you a little bit of a spoiler. Those of you that are going through the Holy Spirit class with us, this is from chapter 3. Is it possible that we have the, that we have the potential of going to a greater depth into knowing the Lord than the disciples did that walked with the Lord on the earth. I'm going to give you a scripture that's going to make you think. Now, I want you to know that when Jesus walked the earth, that the Holy Spirit had not been poured out yet at Pentecost. That came after he left. So in 1 Peter chapter 3, this is Peter talking. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. Isn't that a great word? Anybody catch that? That the Lord's patient... With us. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking these things in all of his letters, some of his comments are hard to understand. Now, what I want to, what I want to, I'm going to give two different approaches. One approach could be he wrote this statement because there were the 12 disciples and then there was Paul. And how many of you know we have religious competition? 
Churches do it all the time. It happens within the church. All the time it happens. I mean, we've got a lady that's locked up somewhere in Kentucky due to a religious argument over same-sex marriage. You guys, yeah, okay. Okay, I'm not going to go into it. It's like, oh, God, where's he going to go with that? I'm not going anywhere with it. But it's a religious issue that she's she's standing on. So I'm not going to go into that. But we have religious differences sometimes, right? So here's Peter. Maybe he's thinking, oh, man, Paul, he's that crazy lunatic uh, religious guy that used to kill Christians. Now he's found a different way. And, but I don't, I don't believe that's what he's saying here. I believe what he's saying here is that Paul has got insight that I can't hardly catch up to. He has received something, and he's telling his people, hey, Paul has gotten a word, and some of it I haven't quite gotten yet. So I, that stands to question. Peter, who walked the earth face-to-face with Jesus for years, Witnessed the transfiguration, him being glorified at the Mount of Transfiguration. He witnessed the crucifixion. He then even saw Jesus after he was resurrected. Yet this disciple who walked with him for years, this interaction, said that some of Paul's revelation were hard to understand. I believe that it shows that Paul was able to go to a greater depth. Paul never walked the earth with Jesus. They never were together. Right? I believe that he was able to receive a greater revelation because he had the spirit of Jesus. I want you to know that by the inspiration of the spirit, Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. But he never walked with Jesus. Why? Because it's the spirit who fully reveals Jesus. So finally, last one is greater works. Do y'all know that Jesus do y'all know that Jesus said this? Look in John 14 verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. Who will do also? We will. Those he who believes, he will do the works that Jesus did, right? And greater works than these he who is the believer will do because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I want to stop for just a second in that this gives the impression that we can say, Lord, I need $500,000 in Jesus' name. And I've done that. I have just asked for what I needed. The Scripture says, go ahead and make your request known in Jesus' name. But I believe I've gotten revelation on how to use Jesus' name. Just go with me, just for a moment. Chew this up and filter it through the word. If we are being led by the Spirit of God and listening to the mind of Christ, hearing what it is that he's saying from the, from the throne room, lining it up with the word of God, if the Spirit of God says to ask for something, then he will do it. We then are able to ask in Jesus' name because it is Jesus who is asking. Can you guys follow that? I prayed for somebody a few weeks ago and felt like I had revelation in how to pray for somebody for healing. Let's line back up with the Spirit of God and ask according to His Word, which I always try to do. But is the, what's the Spirit of God saying? Let me stop for a minute and listen and let's pray that. And we saw a breakthrough. 
I don't have all this figured out. Don't, don't think for a second that I'm standing up here trying to act like I got it all together. Those of you that know me know I don't, but try. If we ask in his name when we are following the Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay. So, how can he say that we will do greater works than even he did? Okay. I don't believe that greater necessarily means better. I think it can. I'm not saying it doesn't. But I don't believe it means bigger, bigger miracles. I think greater is volume, is amount. Because Jesus as a man could only encounter so many people. But because he sent his spirit into us, we can encounter every corner of the world. I can't personally, you can't personally, but if it will spread, then we will do greater miracles than even Jesus did in this earth. Maybe greater when it comes to the magnificence of it, but I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I think we don't have to worry about that. But we are called, we are, we, are not only, we are not only able to do the works that Jesus did on this earth, we must do the works that Jesus did on this earth. The same spirit that was in Jesus is in us. I want you to know that it, it, it said, how could Jesus have done those miracles if he really was a man? Because he had the spirit of Jesus who was completely connected to the Father. That's the difference in Jesus and us. Jesus was completely connected. And in him giving us his spirit, we can have that same connection. We can have that same connection. This is vital that you begin to look at your walk in following Christ as it is the spirit of Christ that we are following. The man Jesus is in heaven and there is not a competition. When you hear from the Holy Spirit, you are hearing from Jesus. When you are being loved on by the Holy Spirit, you are being loved on by the spirit of Jesus as though he in the flesh were here. Do you know that when your brother who is filled with the spirit of Christ loves on you, we then get that same flesh interaction. Do you follow that? That when I really am led by the Spirit and come love on you and I hug, Jeff Hogue's a big hugger. And every time when we hug, it is though I am hugging Christ himself. Because the Spirit of Christ is in him. And if it is that spirit that we're trying to connect, it's not Jeff's spirit and my spirit. Even though we are doing that too, we, we build relationship but when we connect in the Spirit, it is though Christ himself is hugging me. Because it's his Spirit. We are just a flesh and bone man, just a, a, a shell. But we are filled with the Spirit and the power of Christ. We've got to up our game, church. In our home, in our own individual walk, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is in us ready to move miraculously, ready to love on you, those that have lost loved ones in the last month or so, those that of you that your life is falling apart, that you don't have a job, I want you to know you have a helper with you. 
turn your attention to him. He, he is the answer. You may be here today and may have never made that first time commitment. I want you to know that it is the spirit of the Lord that is speaking to you right now. Saying, I am the way. You've been trying every other way, but it is the spirit of Jesus speaking to you right now saying, that what the pastor's saying? That's me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I stand at your door and knock, and if you will just open the door, I'll come in. And when I come in, I will never leave you. There is no force on this earth that can separate me from you. But you have to receive me. Would you do that right where you sit? We all bow your heads and let me pray for you. There are some people here today that the Spirit is speaking to you directly. Listen. Receive. Receive comfort and peace. The Lord has given you ears to hear Him. Listen to Him. You may be here and you may be an atheist. You may be a Muslim. You may be... um, never in church your whole life but there is something drawing you today I want you to know that that is the spirit of the Lord he is calling to you individually he's been thinking about you would you receive him today If you're like me and you've just kind of placed the Holy Spirit on on the shelf only to call on in emergencies, I want to ask you to consider to move Him to the center of your table, to the center of your walk, and to begin to try to just build a relationship with His Word and with His Spirit this week. Just try it for a week and see that it's real. The Holy Spirit is not a B12 shot. He is the Spirit of Jesus living inside of you. I just ask you today, church, just to move. Move toward Him this week. Amen. Pastor Justin.